This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The battle over public incentives for private projects returns to Kansas City. It's a story that never goes away. Greetings, you're on Deep Background. Well, greetings. You're on Deep Background for June 20. I'm looking at the calendar, 25th, 2020. Dave Helling with the Stars editorial board. My friend and colleague, Derek Donovan, co-host. Great to have Derek with us as always. And two great reporters from the Star joining us for today's podcast, Kevin Hardy of the Star and Ali Kite. Greetings to both of you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dave. We want to talk about uh, the the story that will never die in Kansas City. We may have pandemics. We may have s- civil unrest. We may have floods and and natural disasters. But somehow, incentives for business is the gift that keeps on giving, and that's what we want to talk about today. Two big projects: a big hotel that's uh, been talked about, uh, luxury hotel for land near the Performing Arts Center. But the more interesting, not interesting really, but the more uh, immediate story is the so-called Blue Scope project in the West Bottoms. Kevin, let's go to you first. You wrote a story about this. The vote may well come as we, you know, today, but you know, in a few hours after we tape this, we'll see. But tell us what's at stake here, what Blue Scope is, what they want, and just give us as much background as you can on this this proposal. So Blue Scope is a West Bottoms uh, company. It's based in Australia, formerly called Butler Manufacturing. Um, it specializes in construction. And this location here is their North American headquarters. And really what um, what they're coming, asking the council for is kind of, is, sorry, we're, they've had 20 years of a property tax abatement um, incentive package, and they're really asking for an extension of that. And in the process, they've sort of said that if they don't get this, they may move over the cross lot, cross the state line to Kansas, which has kind of ignited this whole discussion on the border war again. Yeah. Um, most Kansas Cityans know what Butler Manufacturing was. That's been a long-standing company in Kansas City, bought several years ago. And in essence, they said, hey, look, we'll, they make the classic, what we used to call Butler Buildings, right? Where we're just steel-sided, very popular in farm country. Um, and they said, hey, we need, we, we want to build our headquarters in the bottoms, which is at the time largely a wasteland. And said, but we need a couple of things. We need abatement. We need parking, help on the parking, right? Because we need a place to park our people. And at the time, there was some, you know, gateway computing had uh, started a company in the West, or a, a branch of its company in the West Bottoms. And so the idea of that is a manufacturing headquarters, uh, you know, Butler Buildings, computers was actually on the ascendance. That really hasn't turned out to be much of a thing, has it, Kevin? And yet now they're back asking for more. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got Mark One Electric is also in that area, um, but that, that was one of the arguments that um, 
Blue Scope's attorney was making attorney was making about this property is that they thought the West Bottoms was going to take off. And, you know, 20 years ago when they got this abatement and it hasn't really taken off the way they expected, um, you see really more kind of residential growth, I think, and in some small retail restaurant kind of growth in the West Bottoms more than you see manufacturing presence. Right. And the American Royal has moved out. Kemper is not Kemper anymore. It's sort of a place for amateur sports. The changes in the bottoms have been pretty interesting. Allie, um, there are, you know, we people oppose incentives like this for for a company like Blue Scope. And let's be clear, the incentives include even a better deal on parking, right, Kevin? And then and then an abatement that it extends for another 13 years. But Ali, the opposition has been just fierce to this deal. We've had news releases and news conferences. The school district superintendent called it systemic racism yesterday. I mean, that people are not happy. Some people are not happy with this plan. Well, I'd say a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think that so the, the company hasn't been paying property taxes for 20 years and they want another 13 more. And if you think about, um, you know, the period that a kid spends in K-12 schools, obviously 12 years. So 33 years is almost three generations of kids. Um, and the school district's argument has basically been the whole point of incentives is you get a company to base its headquarters somewhere in Kansas City. And then at the end of the incentive, it comes back on the tax rolls and the city benefits, the um, school district benefits, et cetera. But if you just keep extending those incentives to keep the company there, then that's that's not the, the, the program. Yeah. Plus there's frustration, isn't there, Ali, that we're back to the border war. You right. know, where yeah. we're, hey, we're going to go to Kansas if we don't, you know, we're going to hold the city hostage in a way. Just to be clear, too, the reason the school boards are uh, interested in these topics is that school funding comes directly from property taxes largely. And uh, for those listeners who might not be aware of that, that's why they've got so much skin in this game. Right. But talk about the border war part of it, too, Ali. I mean, and Kevin, maybe you can weigh in after she's done. But. I think we all thought, okay, this silliness of threatening to leave one state for another had come to an end. This was, as they say, grandfathered in, but it still doesn't, it still looks weird to some people. Yeah, so that border war agreement was signed almost a year ago. Um, for you know, folks who aren't familiar, the, both states used to offer pretty generous tax incentives to lure jobs basically back and forth across state line without necessarily creating any new ones. Um, so from what uh, the city has told us, Kansas has offered Blue Scope north of $20 million. Um, we don't know exactly what the deal is, where they're looking in Kansas, et cetera. Um, and the Commerce Secretary, David Toland, told Kevin um, that the talks had started before that agreement was signed. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but I don't think we really know what what it takes to be "quote unquote" grandfathered in. Right, and it really does sort of expose this issue of, um, or, or raise the question of when will this these projects end? Because you're ten months later, and we're still hearing talk of, oh, this started long before the ceasefire, and um, th there doesn't seem to be much of a mechanism built in to to sort of draw the line very firmly um, that says this is over. But but just to play devil's advocate here on Deep Background, 
Um, the city is in a bit of a ticklish spot, isn't it, Kevin? Because those are high-paying jobs at that building. They take in about half a million a year in earnings tax revenue, which they would presumably lose. Some of those people may live in Kansas City, Missouri, and would still owe the earnings tax. But a sizable chunk might go out the window if they move out of Kansas City proper. That, that puts the council in a bit of a jam, doesn't it? Yes, I mean, they, they certainly don't want to lose that earnings tax, especially now with during a time um, when the earnings tax is already likely taking a hit from furloughs and layoffs because of the pandemic. Um, but on the flip side of that, there, it's, there's also this question of precedent that, um, you know, people have, are saying, why would anyone want to, you know, ever choose to pay property taxes in Kansas City again if all you have to do is threaten to leave? So there's really a it's a really big question for the council is kind of what direction they're going to choose and what that's going to mean for future projects that may sort of raise their hand and say, you know, we want to leave too. give us a, give us a deal to stay. Okay. And that means Ali kite you're on deck because the, the politics of this are just fascinating to me. Uh, On Wednesday, mayor Quentin Lucas said he's a likely no, uh, you know, a no, unless he gets more information. Eric Bunch, the fourth district councilman, put out uh, one of the two, put out a release saying he's a no vote on Blue Scope. And yet I think Catherine Shields is probably a yes, or at least has indicated that. So where are the politics of this? We, I won't ask you to predict the vote because, you know, th- crazy things happen. But the council seems split on this deal. Yeah, don't ask me to predict the vote because <laughs> it won't age well. Um, <laughs> So I, I think it's going to be tight um, from everything that, that I've heard. I think that you have a few different things at play. Um, there was discussion in committee about the difference in the way the city handles incentives in the Northland, where oftentimes schools are spared from some of the redirection um, versus districts in the Kansas City Public Schools area. Um, so I think that... Um, and, and that's kind of what Dr. Bedell, um, the superintendent of Kinsley public schools was getting at about systemic racism, um, is that the majority white districts in the Northland are treated very differently. Um, so I think you're going to have that issue, um, on the minds of some council members south of the river. I think that the general idea of a 33 year tax abatement, um, is going to be bothersome to some. There's also um, a basically a sweetening of the parking deal that Blue Scope has now. Um, and there was an audit. Uh, I should know the date. I don't. Um, there was an audit not too long ago saying that the, the city needs to take a closer look at the way it uses providing subsidizing parking um, to incentivize companies. So you've got several different policy fronts on which city council members can hang their disapproval. Yeah, uh, we, went, we went through this a little bit with Waddell and Reed, where the mayor said he's a no vote, but would not veto it. And so he, in essence, kind of gets it both ways. Ali, I'll go to you first. And then Kevin, is this a similar deal where he votes, you know, he votes last. People don't know that, but typically, but he votes last. So he can, in essence, vote no, make make opponents happy and yet not veto it. Uh, and it becomes a thing. Is that possible? I mean, so I guess it, it's always possible. It's always possible. It's also possible he could be breaking a tie today. I, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, so. We'll have to. But it's but it's his vote will be worth watching. I guess is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Um, and whether he vetoes it or not. Yeah. Yeah. 
You think that's right, Kevin? I mean, that it's you know the breakdown is pretty, pretty narrow. Right, and I mean, you've you've got to also think of the context of the last election where we were promised, you know, a lot of incentive reform, and that we were that the council was going to be have a tougher stance on things like incentives. So I think that that's that it's just another big test for Lucas and and the rest of the council. Right, and, and and for all the promises about a new day on incentives, we had the Waddell and Reed project, we had the USDA project. I mean, there's all, you know, the, as I say, this is a story that never goes away. Well, we're going to take a bit of a break, and then when we come back on the other side, let's talk about the other big item on the agenda, which is the Performing Arts Center Hotel. Uh, stay with us, you're on Deep Background. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Hey there, this is Derek Donovan of the Kansas City Star Editorial Board, and we hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you like what you hear, help us support this podcast and the journalism that reporters at The Star do every day by subscribing. There's an easy way for you to do it. Head to kansascity.com slash background. You'll even get a special discount just for being a deep background listener. By subscribing at that URL, you will get three months of unlimited digital access to The Star for $1.99 total. That's right, you get access to KansasCity.com, the e-edition of the newspaper, our mobile apps, and more for three whole months, and it only costs you $1.99. That's a pretty sweet deal. Plus, you will be supporting journalism that makes a difference in Kansas City. So, go grab your computer or mobile device and head to KansasCity.com background. And hey, thanks for listening. Okay, welcome back to Deep Background. Dave Helling with the Kansas City Stars Editorial Board. Derek Donovan with the board. My friend and colleague, Ali Kite and Kevin Hardy of the Stars Journalism staff joining us to talk about the never-ending discussion of incentives and tax breaks for local projects. We just talked about the one that's sort of on the table now called Blue Scope, but there's another project that's been bubbling around for, gosh, well, more than a year, it seems like, and, and has resurfaced, uh, uh, and that is the so-called Bravo Hotel project, or, or now the Performing Arts Center Hotel, which would be built uh, on land east of the Performing Arts Center, just east of the Performing Arts Center, $63, $65 million dollars. Uh, for 143 five-star luxury rooms, which uh, the backers of the project say, Ali, that we really need. Talk, well, you and I were at a news conference Friday when they brought this proposal back again. Let's talk a little bit about what they have in mind. Sure. Um, so first, it had been a while since this project had come up, and so I had to go back into our clips and check some dates. <laughs> And I first wrote about this project, I think, in September of 2018. Um, <laughs> so we've lived a thousand lives since then. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so basically, um, the developers are proposing a five-star hotel or that they hope would be certified as a five-star hotel just east of the Performing Arts Center, just south of the um, new convention hotel. Basically, what they say is that 
really high end travelers, um, aren't coming to Kansas city because we don't have the accommodations and building this hotel, um, because of the high end finishes needs subsidy and that that would bring an entirely new travel market to Kansas city. So they're asking for, um, tax increment financing or TIF, um, and, um, a couple other incentive items to make that happen. Well, roughly a third of the cost of the development, mm -hmm. uh, it would be come from these incentive programs, right, Allie? Right. And the idea is that uh, Whitney Kerr and his colleagues think that some that the market is demanding a <laughs> a luxury product that we have the new convention hotel, which by the way, the Lowe's hotel would be directly north of this side. I mean, you can just see it from from this piece of vacant ground. Uh, and yet this is a so-called so untapped market, and they think it uh, it deserves this support. And also their argument is that the new hotel, once whatever incentives the TIF um, are done, will then be a, a geyser of tax revenue. And their argument right now is that that vacant land is not producing any tax revenue for the city. Right. And they also talk a little bit, to Derek, about uh, bringing more business to the parking garage at the PAC, and that would provide throw-off money the city could use on anything it wants. Which the city operates. Uh, the city does operate that parking garage. Right, right. But, but uh, Ali, and then we'll go to Kevin, but Ali, that there remain deep skeptics about this idea. A and the optics are just horrible, aren't they? I mean, you, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of $50 million in budget cuts, and all the unrest and the, you know, to say, yeah, but we'll give incentives to a luxury hotel. I, that is a tough sell. Yeah, I think they had a tough sell before. And now you're exactly right. Um, you know, the, the city is going to have to make cuts to um, pretty basic services to make their budget work. Um, you know, uh, there are a lot of people who are out of work. Nobody's traveling, at least not a lot right now. Um, so, and the, you know, developers on Friday said, well, you know, the hotel won't be open for over two years and hopefully everything will be back to normal by then. But I think you also have to um, wonder what normal looks like um, when the pandemic is over. I don't know that we will go back to the same normal. So um, the, the timing makes this um, just even more of a heavy lift for them. I, 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 what I haven't noted is that the tax increment financing commission did not recommend this project to get incentives, which means they need nine city council votes instead of seven. Um, and uh, I don't know where those votes are. Yeah, it's tough. And they've all talked about it. And let's also, yeah, let's remind people that uh, TIF financing is, is, created for blighted areas. And so the argument that that area, because it is vacant, true, is blighted, is something that I think people are going to be, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of blight uh, to come. And I, I don't know if people are going to be in the mood to classify that particular area as blight right now. Yeah. But Kevin, let me turn to you, because Ali raises a very important point, which is this would be built into a very unsettled hotel market in Kansas City, right? And if it if it siphoned off, uh, you know, paying customers from the Lowe's Hotel or other downtown hotels, that has its own impact, doesn't it? I mean, it would, you know, it may potentially raise the city's contribution, for example, for the Lowe's Hotel if if one is necessary. So, it 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 gets complicated pretty quickly. 
Right. And it's interesting that the, the hotel uh, market here in Kansas City is pushing back against this, saying that they don't need this sort of a hotel at this time. And it's important to note that even before the pandemic, um, during sort of normal times, Kansas City's hotel occupancy rates were lower than what is considered a healthy market. So the demand has not been there traditionally to fill all of these hotel rooms in downtown Kansas City in particular. And now the demand has just bottomed out because of the pandemic. But you're right that the the Lowe's Hotel, because the city has backed that project to a certain extent, means that taxpayers are on the hook um, if that, you know, goes too, too far south um, in, the, in the interim. So any sort of siphoning off revenue from that hotel really puts the city um, in, in further risk. Uh, further risk. Well, what do you make of the argument that Eric Holtz and Whitney Kerr have made that when, uh, say, like, you know, a high profile performer comes to the Kauffman Center, that they don't have the type of accommodations that cities such as Memphis is one that they bring up often, or Houston would Nashville. have. Yeah, Nashville. That's, sorry, that's better than Memphis, uh, to accommodate those people, to put them up in the style to which they have become accustomed. Is that <laughs> is that right, or is that uh, overblown? Wasn't Elton John coming this summer? <laughs> I think they could have found a, found a place for them. But I think the argument is that we need this product, right, Kevin? That That's what they're saying, that we don't have a five-star, whatever that means, five-star hotel. Right. And it's sort of hard to quantify. And as a, as a person who is not a connoisseur of five-star hotels, no, um, if someone would find the new Lowe's hotel object, object, objectionable or um, not good enough, but... Um, Maybe that mar- that market may be there, but who knows how big that market is and if that's really big enough to fill up a luxury hotel, you know, seven nights a week, three, you know, every, every week of the year. I don't know. Of course, we all remember when the Intercontinental uh, asked to be designated as blighted back in 2016. They wanted a CID and some other things. Um Ali, do you, this is sort of out of left field, but I wonder, I've often wondered how much labor is involved in this. They finished with the Lowe's Hotel now, all of those jobs, uh, you know, all of the, all of the uh, revenue that you receive from that project, you know, the airport is ongoing, but you do get the sense that there may be a little support from labor people who say this is more jobs for our people in construction over the next two years. You know, that's something that I'm not sure that I have my uh, my yeah. finger on the pulse of. That that could be, very well be true. Obviously, the, the Lowe's Hotel was a big project. There's also the airport going on right now. So um, the I, it's hard for me to say how many. Yeah, the reason I bring that up is because, you know, decades ago, I worked a construction job. And I remember talking to some of the bricklayers at the time, and they sort of pointed out to me that Kansas City has a unique habit of coming up with new projects every time the old one expires to keep the bricklayers and the and the masons and the electricians and the iron workers all busy. So we'll see if that plays a role too. But Kevin, Ali is saying it's hard to find the votes for this project. It's always been hard to find the votes for this project and the optics. You know, you don't get the sense that Eric Holtz and Whitney Kerr have come up with a new, better argument that will sway lots of votes on the council. Right. I mean, I think the argument we heard last week was that because they're not asking the city to 
financially invest upfront in the project that they're essentially not asking for anything from the city or from taxpayers. Um, it sounds like the ask is the same as far as the incentives go on future uh, property tax uh, on the site, but um, maybe that's their argue. That's the way that the argument has changed a little bit, but um, it's just really unclear, you know, especially for a hotel who, who the constituency is for that, that pushes that forward locally right now during this time. And again, Lowe's has just opened. I mean, and we talked about the convention hotel for 30 years in Kansas city uh, before it finally got built. And now of course it's vacant because of COVID-19. Well, uh, fascinating stuff. We'll see how the votes come down uh, at least on the blue scope uh, project, uh, perhaps later today, council may delay a vote too. That's not unheard of. And the Bravo people have, you know, every time they think they might not have the votes, they pull it back and try and refigure it. So it may be sometime before we get a final decision there, but it is under discussion, which is why we wanted to talk about it today. So Kevin Hardy, Ali kite with the star, both of you, thanks so much for being part of the podcast and we'll see what happens. And as the year unfolds and what the next votes might be. Thanks again. Derek Donovan, my colleague and friend with the editorial board, thank you so much for being a part of the discussion of this important topic. And thank you for listening. I'm Dave Helling. You have been on Deep Background. Mm -hmm.